<clears throat> You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. So is the rain not dripping in the house? Why does it sound like it's dripping in? Is it just hit? Water. Is it just hitting the windowsill? Is that what that is? Sorry, do you? You've it never sounds like it's rain. No, I've experienced rain, uh-huh. but that rain sounds like it's dripping in your house. See, I think what you're dealing with there is, is a lot of rain. It's raining loudly. It's not raining loudly. That's oh. not what's happening right there. It sounds like it's hitting something right there, like yeah, your floor. I, right, and you see that there's no water on that floor. Lies. You, oh, so you see a ton of water over there. Lies. Uh huh. Okay, that's interesting. Liar. All right. God, you want to look at a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gara. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become a tickling podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> 1872! And I'm sick. You are. 1872. One guy got mad at your sniffling. There's always, yeah. a, guy, there's always a guy that gets mad at the... Uh, yeah, How about empathy? How yeah, about empathy I, for I, Gareth? Yeah, I've been fucking sick. After fighting for years to get uh, the... Now, so fuck that guy. <laughs> That's for you, sir! <laughs> I wish I was doing it in your mouth. After fighting for years to get the... Uh, women the vote susan b anthony was invited to ride in the pullman car <laughs> of california senator aaron a Sargent on a long his tra- name's backwards a long train ride across the country it is uh Sargent's wife ellen clark uh had long been active in the uh suffrage movement in california and she thought if her husband met the convincing anthony she might have an effect. And it worked. The two not only became friends, but Senator Sargent became a, a suffrage advocate trying to slip provisions for the women's vote into unrelated bills in Congress. So this guy just went on a road trip with the with Susan B. Anthony. Started out thinking at the beginning of the road trip, thinking that women shouldn't. By the end, he was like, you By know the what, end, he was Susan? like, you know what, there's lit. But it was a long, it was a long right, train yeah. trip. I mean, yeah. Like the train, like they it would, they would just have to stop for snow right, for a fucking right. week. Like, uh, finally, six years later, he uh, just went for it, and in January 1878, introduced a constitutional amendment to give women the vote. Okay, but it just sat in committee for years. Good. It was finally considered by the Senate in 1887 and rejected in a 16 to 34 vote. Okay, this began a decades-long period known as the doldrums. All right. The amendment was not looked at again, and women had few successes in their fight during that period. Some did not think there was any point in allowing women to vote. After all, they had no understanding of politics. Right. And it would just lead to them voting the way their husbands told them to anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just, it's two votes for the same person. Right. So you're like doubling the vote for no purpose. Yeah. I do love how that's the thing. Right. That actually makes very little sense. The, if that were to be the case, then there's probably zero argument against it. Right. Because you're basically just, yeah, everyone just gets an extra vote, is essentially what you're saying. But the others took a more reasoned stance, saying that if women got the vote, they would take over the government. 
Oh, God. The, It'll be like a vagina revolution. Could, could, could they just for one minute, like, can't you just be satisfied? What if they make us wear wear? You're, you're uter- white. You're white. In what America. if they make us wear uteruses? You're white in America. You ever think about uh, that? It, what they're not going to make us wear uteruses? What if they put a womb on the flag? A womb on the flag. A womb. How is that even going to function? Not a fit. Not a, not a real one. Like they draw oh, one a on the stitched f- womb. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That'll take forever, and we'll take it down. We're if stronger you, than them. If you give women the vote. I'm waiting for the rest of this because it feels like there's nothing. I'm thinking. Oh, good Lord. If I give women the right to vote, then. Then what? You don't know. You, yeah. don't know, you have no idea. Bad things. Okay. Like what? What? The uterus thing. Okay, that's irrational and not happening. Next. W- wombs on flags. Get out. That's the same one. Get out. Uh, get out. And if you say wombs on flags again. Periods. Get, get out. They have periods. They menstruate. How are they going to be able to vote? Think about it. I'm thinking about it. What and if I, voting day. Don't say is the same day that they all get their periods. No. What? Because I know if they're in a group. <coughs> They all menstruate at the same time, but what if that happens on voting day? How do you know that women's cycles sync, and yet you're worried that they're going to turn the voting booth into The Shining? Some I time travel for obscure Didn't facts. I say get out! Get out! Get out of here! Uh, then things heated up in 1910 as women had success in uh, states uh, like Washington and California. The Western states were on board and state legislatures passed legislation or voter referendums giving full or partial vote to women. Okay. So the Western states are coming Partial around. vote? What does that mean? You could just vote for like president? It's like a par- partial birth abortion. Oh, cool, 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 cool. A partial vote? I don't know what a partial vote is. I, Must uh, mean that you can only vote on For certain one. things? Yeah. yeah probably, probably nothing of importance. Right. You can yeah. vote on book oh. font. Yeah, you know, you can vote on the you can vote on the color we're gonna paint the church. You get to vote on uh, Prop Fifty One, which is should we or should we not put a womb on the flag? And believe me, you do not you know which way you're voting. Want a vote, of course, honey. I'm voting no inside here. Yes, put a womb on there. You can also vote on whether or not you will get flowers tonight. Uh, okay. The 1912 election saw the rise of the progressive and socialist parties and Dem- Democrat president Woodrow Wilson took the White House. Okay. Now, that's the year Alice Paul came to Washington, D.C. Alice was the daughter of Quakers from New Jersey. She was a small, frail, and very soft-spoken woman but a total badass. Okay. She devoted all her waking energy to the movement. She was a genius at strategy, so much so that some compared her to a military general. By 1912, at the age of 32, she was a daring and imaginative leader, and she was not one for waiting around. This also meant opposing forces saw her as a dangerous radical. Yes, of course. Uh, Alice arrived uh, in December 1912 and took over the local office of the National American Women Suffrage Association, the, the NASA. Mm, nice. N-A-W-S-A, NASA. You guys have spaceships? <laughs> Wrong. God, please stop coming here. When are we going to the moon? Oh, my God. There's, a no- there's a- nothing. Spell differently. 
You know about climate change? Get out. You can put that womb on that flag? Get out. The NAWSA was committed to a state-by-state approach and was not focused on doing anything with the federal government, uh, so much so that they only allocated $10 to the D.C. office for 1912. Alice was supposed to find funds on her own. That's smart, though, right? I mean, that is totally the better way to operate it because... Don't you think, uh, I think like with every like with everything I've seen in my lifetime that has had a pendulum shift, I, I, it starts at the state level. I think it was easier to pass amendments back then, but uh, I think that y- you do both with something like this. Yeah, nobody's going to take her seriously if she just goes national right away. You got to start small. Maybe. I mean, uh, again, yeah, but I, I think, think a gay like gay marriage or like pot. I think those are things you fight. State and and national at the same time, but they swing. They they won't like it. Is only it. It almost seems like we. It's almost like the difference. And I'm gonna talk Hollywood. It's Go like girl. states are the pilot and nationals the series. You make the pilot, and then if that works, people are like, oh, it might be good. And then you hopefully go to series. maybe. I yeah, know. I get it. I get what you're saying. Uh, Alice brought her assistant, uh, her chief, <coughs> chief assistant, Lucy Burns, who was uh, the total opposite of her. She was tall, robust, and temperamental. Alice would figure out the strategy, and Good then cop, Bur- Burns would put it into motion on the street. There we go. Alice believed Woodrow Wilson's support for the movement was essential, but it quickly became apparent that he did not give two fucks. Good. She continued to push for his support. They weren't, they weren't in the budget. They only had a couple of fucks. No, they, had, they yeah. didn't. And the, the, and the two fucks that he did have, he was using on the yep. other One stuff. One had to go to racism. Uh, she continued to push for his support to get behind the Anthony Amendment, and he continued to not give a shit. He would just say, presidents should not influence Congress. Then he would influence Congress on everything else. But Alice and others kept pushing, and the more they did, the more he dug in. Turns out, this also upset the powers of B at the N.A. WSA who wanted to focus on a state by state campaign and they didn't like the aggressive tactics tactics, which is what Alice Paul was all about. Alice thought the state by state approach was garbage and wouldn't lead to anything. She thought it was the Anthony amendment or nothing. And to have that happen, the president needed to get on board. Finally, the Washington office and the NAWSA split. So she's gone her separate way. Okay. She's left the Washington office. Mutually, no. Right. She's in the Washington office, but they've they've just been cut loose. It's no longer. So part. she's in the Washington office. She took and she's not office. part of the National she, Association. Right. She took right. the office with her. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, the DC office was close to the White House, and on January 9th, nineteen seventeen, President Wilson stormed out on a meeting with the suffrage delegation, angrily saying he would not endorse the cause. Alice had had it. The next morning, 12 women carried banners on long poles from the office and stood outside the White House gates. The banners read, Mr. President, how long must women wait for liberty? They came back every day, regardless of the weather. No one could really understand what was going on. Picketing was not something that happened back then. And seeing women do it was like watching aliens stroll around. Right. People gawked. Some screamed angrily. Oh, no, yeah. No! <laughs> What's happening over there? Uh, Women are carrying signs! Oh, God. I don't feel right. Is this not madness? Oh, God. I'm going to vomit in the corner. Oh, boy. Um, others just laughed at them. 
<laughs> Look at the They're holding signs. Unbelievable. You look like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> this is like Monty Python. <laughs> Wait, what? I, I'm from the future. Oh, God. The press fell into two camps. Those for and those very against. President Wilson did not say a word. Sometimes when he drove out in his limo, <coughs> he would just smile and tip his hat. Hello. It was winter and it was cold. And they, uh, they all suffered through the cold winter. March 1917 came and Alice's organization joined a group from the West forming the National Women Woman's Party. Alice was elected chairwoman and was becoming nationally known. But a month later, the U.S. entered World War I. Mm-hmm. Now, when the Civil War started, pretty much every leader in the women's suffrage movement back then agreed they shouldn't fight for the vote until peace returned. The only one who was really disagreed with that was Susan B. Anthony. Okay. She thought they would lose all the progress they had made, even uh, though it was hardly anything. And looking back, Alice knew Susan B. Anthony was right, and she's not about to do that again. Okay. So Wilson gave a speech about the war in which he said, quote, We shall fight for the things we have always carried next to our hearts, for the right of those who submit to authority to have a voice in their own governments. Well, how can you say that and not be like, <laughs> it's crazy that we're ignoring women, right? <laughs> we must include everyone so We've that everyone has a voice. Got to fight for democracy and but giving everyone a voice. But get out of here, woman. Now. Why grab, is this one looking me in the eyes? Grab your crotch. Do you feel two marbles and a hot dog? <laughs> then you're important. <laughs> For the right of those who submit to authority to have a voice in their own governments. Ladies, take a break. <coughs> Ladies, you shouldn't be in here for this. We're also going to need pie. Girls, cook the pies pie, for us. Pie, that's your part in government. The men have some government fathoming to do. Let there be pie makers. There we are. Our founding fathers. Oh, and by the way, women... I want you to vote whether you want to make blueberry or cherry. That's a vote, isn't it, you ladies? Get a, you get a choice. Who's a voter now? Ah, You're a voter. Look at this, Shiloh. I'm shaking my keys. So when Alice heard that speech, she was like, yeah, <coughs> we're going to do that too. And the decision was made to continue demonstrating even though the war was on. Okay. Naturally, people lost their fucking shit. Obviously. The women were no longer just seen as foolish and ridiculous. But now we're considered unpatriotic, and some saw them as traitors. Yep. I love that. They're standing outside with signs during the war, so they are traitors. Traitors. Unbelievable. (laughs) And women bowed out. Uh, Some women, uh, some of the women bowed out because of the hostility that was coming their way. Right. But they were replaced by new women who were encouraged by the fight the NWP was showing. Okay. Right? So basically... They're weeding out the the week and they're getting stronger. Right. Uh, They soon became a tourist attraction. People would come by to look at their daily demonstration, (laughs) some admiring, some curious. Some came to hurl insults. Look at them. They're wonderful. What do you think? Fuck them! You stupid women! You're dumb! Hey! They stupids! Hey, dummy! Where's your penis? Yeah, where's your dick? You can't vote. Uh, I'm going to make a sign. I have a vagina. That's you. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. 
Stupid. Dumbs. Uh, uh, I don't have any real friends. So. I come here because no one will talk to me. I'll hold a sign. I consider this part. I consider this a conversation. I like dresses. I like wearing dresses. I'm going to Oregon. Hello. <laughs> uh. <coughs> Good. So the women, they were just quiet and orderly. Okay. So they. That's the move. Yeah. You so have they're to not. Be. They're not chanting. They're not. They're just quiet. <coughs> Newspapers started calling the calling them the silent sentinels. They were getting people's attention, which is exactly what Alice wanted. The demonstrations went on for five months. Congress refused to do anything until the president told them to. Meanwhile, the president said nothing. But he's doing everything. Then in late June, people finally snapped when the demonstrators raised a banner critical of President Wilson while a Russian delegation was visiting the White House. Oh, nice. So you can't keep your women in order here. Your women, they are, they are like, like crazy? Like, they stand outside with signs that you, read things. You know, you know, kill them with stone. Why, why your women uh, allowed outside? Why they do this? Do you not have guard bear for oh, your door? Oh, there you go. Mob attack them. Good. Good. Smart. Good. Yeah. So when they did that, the crowd rushed forward and ripped down the banner. Um, All because they're like, the Russians are here. You'll embarrass oh, us. damn it. Not in front of the Russians. Not in front of the Ruskies, please. Um, yeah. I guess this is the idea that no one from another country should see the the crazy disrespect that you're showing the president with so, the signs. So inside the White House, we've almost created some sort of sitcom where Woodrow Wilson is shepherding Russians into other rooms so that they can't see out the windows and see that the women are dissenting. Yeah, you know, you're going to like this room, too. This is an unbelievable room over here. This is closet. Yeah, I know. Look at that. And this is where I do a lot of my thinking. You know what? Let's all jump in here for a minute and have a think, huh? Come on. Get, get, everybody get in here. Get in here for a minute. Come on, don't be weird. Come on, get in here. There we go. Get in. Shut the door. Now. It's closet. It's closet. Yeah, exactly. It is a closet. And I just, I love it in here. I was trying to think, what else did I want to show? The bathroom. We got to go to the bathroom. Come on, come with me, guys. There's no windows in there. Don't look out that window. You this hide, way. You hide. Huh? You hide something from. Yeah, hide. I did. I did hide. I did. And if I'll. Okay. You hide, you hide something from Igor. Yeah. Guil guilty. I've hidden something from you. Yeah. A birthday cake. <laughs> really? You want to see the closet again? <laughs> no. Oh, come on. Check it out. Come in here. Get it, Igor. One more round. One more round. Come on. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the next morning, Lucy Burns and one other woman were taken from the line, put into a police wagon and driven away. For what? At the station, the police scolded them for not being good ladies and bringing shame to the country. Is that an arrest? Yeah. They're arrested for that. You, they're not being good ladies. Right. It's amazing how there's freedom of speech unless your voice is higher than a man's. They were let go pending trial, and four more women were then snatched from the line and given the same business. A few days later, all six women were convicted of traffic obstruction charges there we and put go. in jail for three days. There you go. Yep. This was the first time women suffragists in America had been put in jail. By the way, the, the worst idea, right? If you're trying to stop a movement? Yeah. Is create heroes? Yeah. It's martyrs? Living martyrs? Horrible idea. 
Um, uh, but the authorities were just getting started. On July 11th, uh, uh, I, I don't know, some of the women were sent to jail. Then two weeks later, 16 women were given 60-day sentences. So they're just kind of rounding them up now right. and giving them jail right. sentences. Uh, to top it off, they were being sent to the dreaded workhouse for women at Okaquan, Okaquan, uh, Virginia. So it's this uh, women's prison where there's, you know, the the typical at that time, the prostitution charges and right. that kind of shit. And, right. Yeah. Um, so uh, thinking too much publicly. So now they're in there with them, and you know these suffragists are mostly. Um, upper class right you know, well off educated um but they had good lawyers who argued that the arrests were blatantly illegal demonstrating was very much within the rights of an, any american citizen and one of the lawyers dudley uh field malone was a friend of the president and a uh the collector of the port of new york and he told wilson he would step down from his position in protest he thought the crackdown was all wilson's doing Wilson said he didn't know anything about the arrests. What? What's that? What? Come on, Dudley. I'm just a little kid. Dudley, what do I know? I'm the president. Why would I know about the I'm ladies? I'm just a little kid who lives in the White House. The ladies out front. I don't know what Oh, I didn't is. know they was being mean to the ladies. How could I? You know what? Let me show you a closet. Come over here. What? I want to show you a beautiful... Get, get over here. Come here. Why is there a Russian guy in there? Get in here. Uh, so... Uh, after that conversation, a couple days later, all the women were pardoned. What a weird... Wonder why. Quinky dink. Yeah. Then in August, the ladies came up with a new banner. Oh, boy. This one called the president... <laughs> this one called the president Kaiser Wilson. Now, that was maybe not the most liked thing they had done because we were at war with the Germans. Right. And people went bug fuck. The women were forced to retreat to the nearby NWP office for two days... If any of them left the building, they would be physically assaulted by a mob outside. The women put up banners on their balcony and uh, men climbed to the second floor and fought with them, ripping down the banners. Yeah, I'll show them. I took the banners down so they hey, don't you think guys, that anymore. They're up there. They don't have signs. Now that I got the banner down, they can't think. We won, right? Yeah. Banner war is over. Oh, man. Uh... So at one point, someone shot through a window and just barely missed one of the women inside. Finally, after sitting around uh, watching for two days, the police stepped in and broke up the mob. But these women were not having any of it. And the next day, they were right back in front of the White House picketing. God bless them. The uh, six uh, women were arrested uh, and once again were being uh, sentenced to Okaguan. This time for 30 days. And Wilson was not giving out pardons. Arrests and convictions went on for six more weeks. They were all arrested for the blatantly bullshit charge of obstructing traffic. Yeah. Even obstructing traffic. In front of a gate. Yeah. Um, they all got 30 or 60 days at Okaguan, uh, but the women did not stop. In early September, Lucy Burns and 11 others were given 60-day sentences. Dudley Field Malone was done with Wilson. He resigned from his position, <coughs> citing Wilson's use of such oppressive methods. This made headlines across the country, and he was no longer friends with one President Wilson. Now, Okaguan was a nightmare. It was run like a concentration camp by the superintendent, William Whitaker. 
All the prisoners were terrified of him, but he had reserved his real special hate for the suffragists. Good. Here were a bunch of educated women taking part in traitorous actions, according to him. He would have used the word uppity or the other word if they'd been around. Uppity or the other word? The C. C. Oh, nice. Candy. Candy, yeah. Uh, Whitaker's uh, policy was to keep the women from having contact with the outside world. So they were not allowed any visitors at all. Uh, but then word started to get out about their treatment at Okaguan. Uh, these were leaked out on scribbled messages and smuggled to friends. They learned that the food that the women were being given was horrific. The meat was rancid. The cornbread was covered in mold. The grits had worms in it. Ah! And there was rat shit and dead flies in the food. Quote, we tried, to make, we tried to make sport of the worm hunt when one prisoner reached 15 worms during one meal, it spoiled our zest for the game. Ah, worms? Worms. The prison was filthy. No cleaning was happening at all. Uh, the suffragists were forced into close contact with regular inmates who clearly had contagious diseases and were not being treated by doctors. Don't eat the cornbread. And then <laughs> they were put into total isolation. Even their lawyers had to go through many hoops just to see them. Okay. Malone demanded an investigation. His purpose was to expose the rotten, filthy, horrific conditions at Okaguan. Of course, the investigation happened and concluded Supervisor Whitaker was really good at his job, and the women prisoners were just being unruly troublemakers. Right. Totally. Right. How, what else could it be? Well, they haven't, they're not being cool about it. Oh, I don't like. Eat don't your like, worms. I don't like moldy. Eat your worms. What? Eat your worms. They're not supposed to be worms. Eat them. Have your rancid meat. There you go. The, gover- the government wanted Alice locked up. At one point uh, during the trial of another suffragette, uh, a government prosecutor pointed at Alice and said, we'll get you yet. She had mostly been directing strategy from behind the scenes, but she would eventually venture out to the picket line as a leader does, which she did in October. And she was hauled off the picket line twice in two weeks and given seven months in jail. For traffic. But this time in D.C. Yeah. <coughs> she was obstructing traffic. All for traffic. Things- so it's so funny, that, like, because there's other, are there other women, like, protesting now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she literally goes out, and they're like, you're obstructing traffic the most. Get Come out of here. you, lady. Hurry. Um, so she's sent to the D.C. jail, not uh, Okaguan. Uh, now, in this jail, there's no privacy. It's overcrowded. The cells were infested with vermin. A lack of food. Well, it's not like, yeah, you'd be like, oh, cool. I've been eating your shit. <laughs> hey, buddy. Uh, there's a, a lack of food, which left them near starvation. And and um, they're out, also, uh, also isolated from the outside world and visitors. They were not given the usual pr- privileges regular prisoners had. It was almost as if D.C. Warden Zinkan was in competition with Whitaker to be the biggest fucking asshole. They might have had a pool. To combat the treatment, the suffragists demanded political prisoner status, and the jailers were just infuriated. The demand was dismissed, which led the women to come up with a form of resistance. Quote, At the end of two weeks of solitary confinement, without any exercise, without going outside of our cells, some of the prisoners were released, having finished their terms. With our number thus diminished to seven, the doors were unlocked and we were permitted to take exercise. 
Rose Winslow fainted as soon as she got into the yard. Wow. I was too weak to move from my bed. Rose and I were taken on stretchers that night to the hospital. Uh, here we decided upon the ultimate form of protest left to us, the strongest weapon left to which continue our battle. Hunger strike. A hunger strike. Yep. It had worked for women fighting for the vote in England, where the suffragists were far more conf- confrontational than America. But Alice, it's a lot easier to do a hunger strike in England too. The food's yeah, awful. I mean, yeah, it's fucking simple. I, I'm I would do it if I lived there now. More potatoes? No. Do you want a bit of fish scale? No. Don't know what that is. No. Do you want some rag broth? No, I'm good. Thank you. What I'm, would you like to eat? I'm throwing up way? from the names. Oh come on, have some corn shoe. <laughs> no, that's come on. Wait, is this a shoe man? Have a bit of hand squash. A what? Do you want some mouth chicken? No. Have a little beak pie. I don't want any of this. Come on, have some claws. This all sounds awful. Well, if you're not going to eat that, you're wasting away. <laughs> Come on, you're wasting away. Here, have a handful of soot. No. Eat the soot from the sock. Strain want... it in water. Drink it like a, gazpa- a gazpacho. I'm an American. Oh, American, are you? <laughs> well, then, I didn't realize you were American. Better tongue burger. Huh? You want some tongue burger? What do you like? Oh, now Jose's up. You're talking about food. <laughs> um, so, even though they were doing it, Alice knew this choice would lead to a total nightmare. Quote, the moment we undertook the hunger strike, a policy of unremitting intimidation began. You will be taken to a very unpleasant place if you don't stop this, was a favorite threat of prison officials. Where? Yeah, we were there. We've been there. You're for a going while. to double prison. Oh, gosh. It's actually, uh, it's actually outside. Uh, <laughs> it's a double negative. Keep it up. You're going outside. Keep it up. We'll free you. Wait. Um, and they would vaguely hint of taking her to the psychiatric ward or the government insane asylum. Particularly frightening was an examination by an alienist whose word was enough to commit anyone to an asylum. Now, Alice began the hunger strike when she was already basically being starved, so she was in terrible condition already. After three days, she and her fellow (coughs) suffragists, uh, were taken to the psychiatric ward and force-fed three times a day. They would cram a tube down her throat Ugh. and often feed her until she threw up. What? Between forced feedings. There we go. She's full. Yeah. <laughs> Coming out the side. She's not going anywhere. Go She's... ahead and pull the hose. I just filled it with nutrients that she threw up in front of me. Uh, and then between those, she was put in solitary confinement in a cell with boarded up windows. So the government is clearly trying to break these women. Yes. But where did the treatment was getting out, which caused infuriated women to head to D.C. from all over the country to join the fight and pick it, yeah. which is what you said would happen. Yep. Of course. Uh, yes. But- you know what? If you wanted to stop this, here's what you do. You put them in jail and you just feed them great food. That's right. And do that. There. Yeah. Try, at least try that first. Yeah. Um, so by mid-November, 30 more women had received sentences anywhere from six days to six months. They were These women were all sent to Akagwan. There, Whitaker was now just straight up admitting what he was doing. When a suffragist prisoner accused him of cruelty, he said, quote, Very well, I am willing to practice cruelty. 
The new picketers who arrived on November 14th were about to <coughs> learn this too well. One woman, quote, I was immediately seized by two heavy guards, dragged across the room, scattering chairs and furniture as I went, so fast that my feet could not touch the ground, to the punishment cells where I was flung onto a concrete cell wall with an iron barred door. This was the standard treatment by the 44 guards uh, wielding batons as they brutalized the women for hours. The club-wielding men beat, kicked, dragged, and choked them. Women were lifted into the air and thrown to the ground. Their heads were slammed against bars. One was stabbed between the eyes with the broken staff of her uh, banner uh, pole. Stabbed between... Killed? No, just Just stabbed in the head. Uh, Women were dragged by guards, twisting their arms, and thrown onto concrete. Mary Nolan... um, uh, this was she. There was a 73 year old woman named Dorothy Day, and oh, this God. is Mary Nolan talking about her treatment. No. Quote The two men handling her were twisting her arms above her head. They suddenly lifted her up and banged her down over the arm of an iron bench twice. And we hear one of them yell, The damn suffrager! Lucy Burns was singled out. She was handcuffed to the bars of her cell, so they handcuffed her with her. Hands up over her arms. Okay. Right? And then they handcuff her to the cell and left there for most of the night. Oh, God. When finally released, she was left, they left her handcuffed in the cell. But in the morning, the women were even more defiant and they launched their own hunger strikes. So now there's hunger strikes happening in Egypt. You will eat. (laughs) That's crazy. They suffered physically, hallucinated, and often fainted. Prison officials first tried threatening them. Then tried to tempt them with fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and all the trimmings. <laughs> like, so backwards. I will fucking bash your brains in. Or pie. You know what? Pie. We've been a little hard on you women. Yeah, ladies. Mm. Just going to sit here and eat a bucket of chicken. Oh, boy. Mm. Oh, man, you know I got the... extra pieces. Yeah, the problem is we got too much. Too much? Well, we'll just throw it out. Oh, boy. I guess we just throw this on the ground mm. or whatever. Oh, it smells so good. Oh, I wish there was a mouth. You know, I'd be willing to trade you a chicken thigh if you would give up your human rights. <laughs> <laughs> How about a bite of mashed potato to admit you're nowhere near an equal to a man? <laughs> uh, the women held firm. After seven days, they were dangerously weak. So they were force-fed. Quote, I was seized and laid on my back where five people held me, one leaping upon my knees. I can't believe there's food rape. They're like, <laughs> this is just insane. Like, what an insane, so, what an insane solution. Over actually, like, listening, you're like, jam food into them. You will live. I mean, how fucked up are men that they do this instead of just letting women food? It's insane. Fucking insane. insane. And it really, if I think, you know what, if honestly, like, sort of like we're both alluding to, if you, the more that you act like this, the more that I would imagine to someone with a plight, you're like, we are affecting them strongly and we just need to push, push, push. Instead of if like, they were just like, do what you want and just kept them in a cell, they'd be like, that that almost would probably seem, that would create like more apathy over... If you're, if they're like, God damn it, stop thinking. <laughs> uh, so, quote, Dr. Gannon then forced the tube through my lips and down my throat. I was gasping and suffocating 
from the agony of it. I didn't it's like know, waterboarding with mashed potatoes. I didn't know where to breathe from, and everything turned black. Have you ever have you ever had surgery? Yes. So I one I had surgery once, and um, and when I woke up, the tubes were still down my. throat. I had the exact same thing, and I will never forget it. It's one of the most terrifying moments of my life. I had the exact same thing, a scope, and uh, they. I was young too, and I woke up during it. Yeah, and they were trying. I could tell they were. I was so drugged up, but I could tell they were trying to drug me more to make me pass out. But my adrenaline was just yeah. so high, and I literally remember a doctor like he was in a tug of war, just yanking yeah. camera out as fast. And I was. It's like I, it's like out of body. You're just like. Ah, gah, 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 gah. That's exactly what happened. I like remember. Some, I remember someone pull, pulling yeah. it out really frantically. Fast. Yeah. Oh, so that's what they were going through. That's. You know, cool, having, cool, a, cool, having a cool. tube ram down your throat cool, cool, is cool, fucking cool, cool, horrifying. Cool, cool, cool. The women did not back down. They did grow very weak, but it was coming apparent but, they were choosing to win the battle or die. But when they when they force feed you like this, then how are they not gaining weight? Or that I don't know. But are they throwing it up? I don't. Is it just not working. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't have an answer for that. Okay. Outside the prison, the tide seemed to be turning. Uh, their two lawyers each focused on one prison. They managed to get court orders allowing them into the prisons where they saw a horror show. Alice Paul was locked in a hellhole on the psychiatric ward, even though she was given a clean bill of mental health. We shouldn't have called it the hellhole. I mean, bad, it was a bad name. Foolish. It was a bad name. Foolish. But I, I, love, Buffy. Foolish. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Foolish. Look, so I love I, the logo, it's but a it's great foolish. Show. Foolish. Uh, her lawyer had immediately removed, uh, had her immediately removed from the the ward and put in the main jail. The other attorney, <coughs> O'Brien, got the court uh, to order Superintendent Whitaker to produce all of his suffragist prisoners for a hearing before the U.S. Court of Appeals. Okay, Whitaker tried everything to avoid it, including hiding out in his home. <laughs> um, uh, he's not here. He's just, I'm, he's just in his house, just rocking back But and it's forth. amazing, right? The guy who's like, throw him across the room. Yeah, bash their hands in. Huh? I'm in my I'm home. scared. I don't want to go to court and face the women now. So re- reporters packed the hearing. The judge said the women's testimony was blood-curdling, <clears throat> but their appearances told the story. They were pale, disoriented, covered in ugly bruises from the night of terror, some could barely walk or sit upright. How They're, do you plead? <clears throat> Turkey. Sorry. I plead laying down. Almonds. Sorry. Everyone in the courtroom was horrified. The newspapers reported what they saw and heard. The worm had turned. The judge ordered them to be transferred immediately to the Washington jail pending further review. Then three days later, with no explanation, they were all released. Alice Paul exited the prison on November 27th, unable to stand on her own. She told reporters she hoped this would be the end of demonstrations and that the 14th Amendment was coming. But, she said, as a total fucking badass, quote, what we do depends on what the government does. So she's fucking standing there yeah. all week and they're like, are you going to protest? And she's like, if they fucking give it up. First, I'm going to have a croissant. A big one. The next month or so was quiet as the women healed. Then on January 10th, 40 years to the day after it was introduced into Congress, the Anthony Amendment was passed by the House of Representatives, wow. 
And in March, the District Court of Appeals ruled the arrests and jailing of the suffragists was illegal. Superintendent Whitaker was then fired. But you, I, you always wish those guys, those those people, go to jail to experience it. Right, they just get fucking fired. I know. It's not. It's the same with when like the the cops. It's like that that Asian that that Asian cop who shot that that black dude point blank when he said he had, he had a permit to carry a oh, gun yeah. and he said he had a gun, and the Asian cop shot him and yeah. he gets like second degree manslaughter. Yeah. And by the way, it is so crazy that it's an Asian cop that actually got charges brought against him. I did not think there's about no that. white cut, no white, <laughs> like like a lot of people are like oh, I feel vindication. It's like you do, but it was not a white cop. This white cops are still not getting prosecuted. Like it's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, good run. Yeah, we had a good run. <laughs> we signed cars. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 